This episode of Finding Demo Surfishing is being brought to you by DS Custom Tackle. Go on over to DSCustomTackle.com and take a look at all the cool stuff that they've got going on. If you're ready to, uh, oh, I don't know, tie in your own rigs, they got a whole supply available. Whatever you need, swivels, hooks, floats, beads, different colors, different packaging, got it all. Maybe you need some rigs, different tile, maybe, uh, I don't know, some squiddies. Maybe you need something for them fast swimmers. Yeah, hey, he's got it. And if you're trying to get into the game to make rigs and sell them, hey, reach on out to them too because they can help you out with that. Got great pricing, great shipping, and just great guys in general. It's a really good setup. So DSCustomTackle.com, get your order in today. New week, new episodes. Man, I love that. Hope you're doing well wherever you are. Hope you're uh, getting out there, getting out, getting some fish, just enjoying the good life, setting new uh, PRs and PBs, because that's the best stuff. Uh, if you haven't seen my recent one, I just got my first PB, just caught my very first jack, and of course, it had to be a big one. Couldn't, couldn't have been in a little. I just couldn't get away with that, no. Uh, nice 30-inch jack rivel here in Florida, and uh, man, fishing is picking up. So hopefully the same for you wherever you are. This week, we're taking a little digital travel job. We're going up north, and uh, we're getting into a cool area. Well, uh, it's called the Delmarva, from what I've been told. So Delaware, Maryland, Virginia. We're hitting that cool little zone up there, and we're going to throw in a little sprinkle of some North Carolina as well. This week, we are talking with Dan Icangelo, and I've heard great things, and I've been really excited about doing this episode. A buddy of mine, also known as Barry, you guys have heard his episode. He's always telling me, he's like, dude, you really got to talk to him. Man's got some serious knowledge. It's going to be great. I was like, all right, let's do this. So finally got him, and uh, we're going to get right into it. So without further ado, Dan, welcome to the show, brother. Great to have you here. Hey, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to meet you likewise now now i've got another reason when i head up north uh to virginia to go bug somebody like so about fishing what you got I'm all with it man <laughs> <laughs> all right so it's delmarva Del, i mean that whole zone you're up in a nice little corner that you've got a lot of access to a bunch of different fisheries we do we do um yeah delmarva peninsula has a lot to offer um you know on, on the north end We've got the more northerly fish like rockfish or um, north of us to refer to, to striped bass. Um, and uh, that, that's, that's a big thing up there. Um, and then as well, you know, on the southern end, you got uh, more emphasis on speckled trout, and red drum, stuff like that. Stuff that you guys are more used to. But um, uh, we've also got some Spanish mackerel. Not so much off the surf, um, you know, more inshore, but uh, when we do get them off the beach, that's like a big deal for us. You know, it's it's a lot of fun. I can, um, yeah. And, and I mean, you got it all, dude. I love that you're right in the middle. So you get all the good fish. I mean, you still get the bluefish, the stripers. Uh, Pomps will occasionally run up that nor- far north, I've heard, but I've been told that only sparingly. You don't see them all the time. But a lot of our fish, yeah. you guys have up there too. Yeah. Yeah. We got a, we got a big, uh, big mixture of things. You know, our, our Pompano, primarily are on the very small side um every once in a while you get a nice fish like you guys get down in florida um but i guess they're more northerly range as far as decent um eating size fish are that's going to be more carolina um 
but either way, it's 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 always it's always a welcome sight to see those those fish show up here. Uh, <laughs> we're not going to complain, that's for sure. No, no, definitely not. And this is a cool treat for me because you um you're in a whole. You, this is your life. I mean, fishing is your life. You are you're involved in it in the commercial side. You've got a lot of pieces there. You fish on your own, so let's let's back into that let's start at the very beginning and then we're going to really dive in uh to some of the later stuff especially i definitely want to talk about the commercial because that i think that's going to be an interesting piece for us to see so let uh go ahead and tell us your story and what got you into fishing so what got me into fishing uh you know my dad just he started me off basically as 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 soon as i could hold a fishing rod we were out there on the lake catching bluegills crappy and and <clears throat> bass and all that sort of stuff and then uh also um, fishing on the surf, catching panfish. So, uh, I guess what you guys call whiting, we call kingfish, northern, southern yep. kingfish. Um, spot, uh, I think when I was six, they actually had me in the newspaper. Um, <laughs> I was holding that, that big old Shakespeare Alpha with a Daiwa emblem 4500. You know, it was way too big for me, but <laughs> I got two big old Norfolk spot hanging off the end of that thing on a, on a top and bottom rig, you know, and, and that was, that's what sealed the deal. You know, that, that was, that was what started it all for me. It was just, after that, it was all over. You know, you couldn't, you couldn't keep me off the water in <laughs> whatever capacity. It didn't matter. I had to be there. So. Nice. I love yeah. it, man. I can, like, I'm all smiles and giggles over here. That's so cool. <laughs> what, what type of fishing do you like to do now? So, <clears throat> you know, I'm, I'm involved in all facets of the fishing industry and the maritime industry in general. Um, I mean, all of it, if it involves boats, fishing, the water, I'm, I got my hands in it one way or another. Um, but as far as my true love, uh, when it all comes down to it, I could be on a boat for 16 hours, you know, three hours sleep, two hours sleep. Doesn't matter when I get off the boat, if the surf fishing is good, I'm going to be on the beach. Um, you better believe it, you know? And then, uh, I guess second to that would be commercial fishing, honestly, because it's, it's just so much fun. There's, you never know what's going to come up. There's always something new. And when you get to see that sunrise, even though you've seen thousands of them, it still doesn't get old. It never gets old. Never. You're right, man. You are absolutely right. So what is your favorite thing about fishing? I guess that kind of correlates to the answer I just gave you, you know, it just, it never gets old. There's, there's a new situation. There's a new scenario that you're confronted with constantly. Um, there's new something new to learn every time you go out, you know. And, and I'm I'm big on this. This is my mantra. If if you're not learning something new, um, you know, consistently about whatever fishery you might be involved in or taking part in at that particular time, um, you know, you, you you might as well just hang it up because there's there's always something to learn always a way to make yourself just that much better at what you do um you know and that's that's what i strive for to be the the best that i can be in 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 the industry and 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 just to you know there's just i guess it's just that mystery there's there's always always something you know and it's like when you learn something new it's like huh okay and then you put that in your bag of tricks and you move on and um and apply that uh to the next thing and and that helps a lot in tournament fishing as well because there's just yeah, the, the more you can um, grow your, uh, <laughs> I guess for lack of a better term, you know, your fishing portfolio, the better you're, you know, and the more successful you're going to be. Um, and then 
you know, behind that, I mean, the people, you know, the camaraderie, you meet some characters <laughs> in the fishing world, you know, and, and you meet some great friends. I mean, people that, you know, basically you could call family. Um, and, uh, you know, building on that, I mean, you've got the, you know, the natural aspect. You're out there. You're one with nature. You see things that I guess at some point you begin to take for granted that the vast majority of people will never experience. Um, you know, just like I said, the sunsets, the sunrises, the the interactions with um, the flora and fauna, um, you know, just it's just it's mind blowing, you know, and it's all right there for the taking. And, and, and most people never get to see that. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm <laughs> I can say I'm blessed to be able to do that every, you know, just about every single day. Um, and, and also, you know, to add on that, I mean, that all adds to the memories, you know, um, whether you're making them for yourself or especially as a for hire um, fisherman, whether you're a surf guide or um, party boat mate or captain, whatever, the memories that you're making for not only yourself, but for the other people, for your customers, for the people that learn something from you. I mean, that's huge. You know, I could go back in, in my mental log book and, and, and think about a day, a session that we had on the beach or a day we had on the party boat. Um, and just think about the smiles that, that I had and the smiles that I put on other people's faces, teaching kids how to fish, you know, making them feel like it's the greatest day in the world. Uh, I mean, that's second to none. You know, you, you, you can't, you'll never replace that. It's, it's just, that's, I guess to sum that up, <laughs> those are all of my favorite things about fishing. <laughs> <laughs> They're great things, man. Those are super great things about fishing. I love that you brought it up too, especially about on the, uh, you know, taking people out and getting to see that smile because there is nothing. And I've said this in numerous other episodes. There is nothing like seeing a kid make their first catch and that, that smile, that pure unadulterated joy. It's just all over their face. I love that, man. And, and you get to see oh. that a lot, I bet. Oh, absolutely. You know, and it's just, you know, you see, you see, a, you like that fire in them. And uh, it's just one of those things that, you know, um, some of them that's going to, well, all of them, hopefully it'll be with them for the rest of their life. But, you know, if, if you can ignite that, um, that, uh, that fishing addiction <laughs> for, <them, laughs> you know, it's just, it's just because it, it makes you think back, you know, when you were a kid and you were experiencing those things and it's like, wow, man, that's, that's where it all started. And, hopefully I was able to provide that, you know, that sort of lifelong thing for somebody else because it's, there's no negatives there. It's, it's all positive, you know, and it's, it's just gonna, it's gonna improve somebody's life. You know, if they can, if, if, if you can give them the building blocks to, to, to go off, take off and run with it, you know, they're just, they're going to be better for it. It doesn't matter. You know, you have something that's going to stick with you forever. So, I got no complaints in that category. <laughs> good stuff, man. Real good stuff. What is, uh, what's your favorite fish to target? So, you know, getting back to surf fishing, um, I would say red drum, um, big or small, doesn't matter. Every time I see that big broom tail with the spot on it, come up, mm -hmm. it just gets me fired up, man. I mean, you know, especially as big drum, you know, big old drum, um, there's, there's nothing like it when that fish starts, you know, gets in, in the trough starts running you back and forth, takes those long, hard runs. You feel that tail pumping, you know, that, that gets the adrenaline going. Um, and it, it, it never gets old when that thing, when that rod goes off, especially at night, you know, if you got a light stick jammed up under the, uh, 
the line on the reel or something, you know, it's, it's, that's a tactic we use up here. I'm not sure if you guys use it down there, but, um, you see that thing pop. And if, if, if you, depending on what reel you're using, if you hear that clicker, just start screaming, uh, it just, man, it gets you fired up. And that's, <laughs> that's what does it for me. Um, you know, and then, uh, like I said, we're, I'm involved in, in so many different parts of the industry. Um, I'd say second to that would be marlin fishing, which is something that I wasn't into for so long. Um, you know, I always thought that was more of the, the white collar fishery, you know, the, the, the snobby, th- ah, whatever, and marlins, you can't eat them well. Not, not yeah. saying I, not saying that my brain went down that same path of like, I'll never be able to do that. What the hell? <laughs> I get yeah, you. Well, hey, you know what? I'm a working man. So, so <laughs> what it all comes down to is they pay me to do it and I'm going to go do it. And actually I, I really started to enjoy it. Um, and it turns out, yeah, you can eat them and they're delicious, but, uh, it's frowned oh, upon, uh, on the East coast, you know, and whatever, but, um, it is what it is, but you know, you can't be too fancy to take a fish home for dinner every once in a while. And, um, you know, especially if they get tail wrapped or something like that. I mean, I understand conserving the, the, the fishery, especially for the tournament guys. And, yeah. But, uh, I'll tell you, you know, I've, I've eaten more than, more than a couple and, uh, ain't nothing wrong with that, but really, you know, let's put that aside and, um, just the fishery itself, you know, when it, it's just, there's, there's so many little tiny things that go into marlin fishing to be successful that I think that's what really makes it a lot of fun. And then when you see that fish come up and try and eat and you're feeding them, uh, and then the initial hook set, once that fish is hooked, he starts tail walking, dancing, jumping out of the water. There's water spraying all over the place and he's walking behind the boat. You see the line, you know, say, say 90 degrees to the gunnel and it's just like, well, that's got to be a different fish. And you realize, <laughs> well, it's mono that's buried 30 feet under the water between you and the fish. And it's like, it just... It just mayhem, and it's especially when when you get you know a pack of them come on and they're just chewing up the spread. It's just it's just wild. Um, so that would be you know long story short, that would be my my second favorite um, to big red drum off the surf. Nice, very cool, very cool. You've already kind of laid into this, so now I'm really excited to hear what this answer is going to be. What has been your craziest or your favorite catch? So. I mean, I've got a ton of them, but, you know, it comes back to the whole question, how much time you got, buddy? And I don't think we got that much time <laughs> to get into all of them, but uh, I'll give you three if you want to listen. Yeah, fire away, <laughs> so, man. Let's hear them. So the first one was a false albacore in the sound, you know, and they get a bad rap. You know, people, oh, the cat food, whatever. It doesn't matter. Those fish, pound for pound, um, fight hard. You yeah. know, they're, they're, they're actually part of the mackerel family, but you can compare them more to a tuna, you know, as far as body type and speed and the way they eat and everything else. And I was fishing on North end of Ocracoke Island. Um, actually I was mullet fishing. I was casting that in mullet, catching bait for drum. And, um, we seen a few pop up back there, you know, it's pretty skinny water. We had a little, little trough, little, uh, little cut drop down about 12 feet flat on each side. And, um, we seen him pop up busting bait and I grabbed that, I grabbed that rod, you know, with, with the spoon on it so fast, ran up there, you know, and, and we talked about my buddy Barry, you know, he's looking at me, he, he sees me go running, he knows 
things are about to go down, right? <laughs> so I go run and I grab that rod. And there's no talking. You know, you can't even talk to me. I'm in the zone. There's there's no, it's whatever. I'm I'm deadlocked on the fish, right? And I fire off that um that Hopkins spoon, and I get it right in front of those fish that are feeding, uh, busting rain bait on top, uh, which would be anchovies and spearing for the folks that don't know. And um, I mean it was perfect cast fed the fish he ate he just waylaid it you know so i'm sitting there with a with a carp rod essentially um <laughs> you know with a with a Daiwa mad dragon you know <laughs> parabolic rod you know bent over in a perfect you know perfect like half circle it just and the drag is screaming this fish is trying to stay in that in that hole and not you know run up on the um on the uh flat and it was just mayhem, you know, it was just, it was, it was crazy, you know, cause we had them boys tie up uh, a couple of commercial net boats. They had some, um, some pilings there, you know, so I'm trying to work this fish, keep them around, getting around the pilings and everything, man, it was just craziness. And, um, the whole time I'm thinking, man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna rub this fish off on something, you know, there's, there's old trees and sound and everything else. And, you know, finally I was able to get them in, put them on the sand and it was just like, wow, man, that just that really happened, you know, um, it was a, a day to remember, um, you know, and then, uh, I, you ready for me to go to the, uh, number two. Yeah. On, yeah. On yeah. The, uh, Fire away, <laughs> man. Catch. So I never landed this fish. Um, I was ill-equipped. I was actually on a tugboat. I was on a hitch in the Rappahannock river in Virginia. Right. And it was, uh, end of October. So, you know, probably pushing about some of the warmest water, um, that you're going to have that time of year before everything switches over. Um, you know, we're catching rock fish. We're still catching some spot. We were catching rock fish as well. They had moved in. So everything's kind of changing over, um, uh, as far as seasons and fisheries go. And I'm sitting out back and with my deck hand and we're, we're throwing lines. I'm teaching him how to work deck a little bit. He was green and uh, I was nighttime and he says, look at that big fish. I said, huh? I said, man, that's a trash bag. No, it ain't. Oh no! Trash bag, buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My me, the experienced fisherman. That nah, ain't no fish. Well, turned out to be a fish. It got close. I so, yeah, I know what that is. I grabbed the only rod available. I had a spot rod, you know, catching bait um, with a half a sabiki rig with with some fish bites, which is, by the way, awesome, awesome product. Fantastic yep. bait. Uh, we use a lot up here. Um, but, uh, so it had a, a, a chunk of fish bites on it and I just drop it down in front of the thing, jig it twice and it's game on. This thing took me, we were light boat, which meant we were just the tug by itself, no barge, no equipment attached to it. I hooked this thing and it took off like a freight train. It took me around the tug, 71 or 72 foot, uh, lugger tug. Um, right. So pretty decent sized boat. Yeah. <laughs> It took me around this boat three times. We had about a two-knot current. I, I'm surprised it held on this long. I got that fish. Finally, I wore him out enough to get him close to the boat. All we had was a gaff, no net. I got him to within six feet of the gaff three times. And the third time, that little tiny baby sabiki hook <laughs> finally straightened out. But uh, this fish, you know. What, what, no, what was no, it, though? Oh, sorry. Yeah. You got me on edge, <laughs> so man. <laughs> well, you know, we got to, we got to, got to throw the thriller in there every once in a while. That was a, uh, that was actually a triple tail. 
Holy crap. Are you serious? A triple tail that was the size of a trash bag? Just, oh my. Wow. On that setup. Dude, that, yeah, that's to, intense. Up the bay, about what a third of the way up the, the the Chesapeake Bay, in Virginia, and about a mile and a half up the river at that. And this fish was, um, you know, no embellishment. Honestly, I've handled tens of thousands of fish. I mean, this is what I do for a living. Um, this fish was twenty pounds. Oh, you know, oh, uh, and, and I mean, I you know, I, I don't think I've ever seen one that big in Florida. Um, you know, so, and that's where, that's where they live. So it was, it was, uh, it was, to me, it was insane, yeah. but, um, yeah, never, never got a, never got a chance to, you know, never got a chance to stick them, but I had plenty of, plenty of eyes on them. You know, at that <laughs> point we had deck lights on everybody, everybody woke up them boys that were off, off watch. They got out of their bunks. They were, they were all out there looking, waiting because they wanted dinner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry you didn't catch it, but that's a hell of a hell of a story, man. That's so cool. That that was definitely big fun right there. Um, well, before we continue on that, we got to actually do something real fast. We got to knock out into that bait check because if you've been fishing, you know that this is the time you got to make sure that you got your bait good. It is your first bait check of the episode. Bring that line in. Make sure you got a good setup of bait. Maybe you need to change it up if you haven't had a bite yet. Change those zones. Get on out there and get back to fishing. Because that's what you're there to do. Have some fun. This bait check is being brought to you by the Kids Can Fish Foundation. Head on over to kidscanfish.net and get an idea of the amazing things that they're doing. Now, I know it's a weird pause, but if you think about it, their whole goal is to get kids out there and learn how to fish. They're out of the St. Simons Island area in Georgia. Uh, one day they'll be national. We're all hoping they're doing great things. They're putting on cast net clinics for these kids to learn how to throw cast nets, throwing out fishing uh, rods, getting them out there to go fish, showing these kids on where the cuts are, how they do it. Really just putting so many good things into the community to help these kids get out and fish. The One of the greatest slogans that I love, you've heard me say it before, I'll say it again, more tackle boxes, less Xboxes. Kidscanfish.net, they need your help because your dollars are the ones that help keep these clinics going. Thanks again, Kids Can Fish. You guys are awesome. I'm so proud of everything you're doing, and I'm glad to be a part of it. It's just outstanding. So now that we've nailed into the, the craziest, now i got to ask for like the big goal here. What is a bucket list fish for, uh, that you want to catch? Well, um, <clears throat> before we go to that next question, can I just throw a shameless plug in there? Please uh, it do. It relates to your last bait check. So you'd mentioned this organization that is all about taking kids fishing. Yep. Um and I really, really like that term, more tackle boxes, less Xboxes. That, that is awesome, dude. And that's, I mean, that's what it's all about. But uh, so my buddy Barry that we talked about, yep. Barry Kronberger over there at BS Charters, uh, Surf Charters. Um, he's up in the Augustine, Jacksonville area. Um, he places a giant emphasis on getting kids on their first fish. Um you know, and if, if you're looking for a surf charter in the area, especially if you have a family, um, you know, you got some kids that want to go fishing, I would definitely take a look at him, uh, give him a call. Um, he's going to do everything he can to make your day the absolute best and your kids are going to have a blast. So there's that. <laughs> yes, he will. <laughs> I've, uh, I get lucky that I get 
I'm fortunate that I get to talk to Barry every couple weeks. And when he tells me about those <laughs> charters, I'm just like, dude, you had a great day. He's like, oh, Brian, I'm telling you, man, I had the best. I was like, yeah, you did. All right, lucky guy. And thankfully, I get to see him here soon. He's going to be coming over for the tournament. He's going to be uh, hanging out here, showing us showing us how he does things in the panhandle again. So, uh, he had a, He had a lot of fun last time. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he's going to give those boys over there on the West Coast to run for the money, too. <laughs> he does. He <laughs> really does. All right. All right. So back to your question at hand. So, yes. What is a bucket list fish? Yes, sir. That I would like to catch. Um, and that would be a big tarpon off the surf. Uh, you know, I've spent a, a, a bit of time in Florida, especially the West Coast, um, in, say, June to August. Uh in the tarpon capital, well, I guess the self-proclaimed tarpon capital of the world, which would be um, Boca Grande. And, uh, you know, we were never lucky enough to catch a tarpon um, off the off the surf or off the beach. And um, that for me is, is just, you know, you, you get one over 100 pounds or something off oh. of, you know, th- throwing off the beach. That's just, that's something that uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't even know. I don't know how I'd be able to top that. That that would be something that would probably. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. I words, mean, words can't even explain it. <laughs> no, because all I'm seeing is smoke coming off a reel with a dragon. Even if it's light, it's like, oh, my God, slow down. Damn it. Slow down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're watching every every jump. You know, you'd be your heart would be skipping a beat thinking, oh, man, is he going to throw the hook on this one? And it's just, yeah, to put to put something on to put a. a such a big and beautiful fish on the beach like that um you know that that, that would just that would make my decade yep. you know <laughs> well i hopefully hopefully you do get a chance to go do that um last two on this one and then we'll move into the knowledge piece here where's a dream place that you want to go fishing sometime so i've got a same thing like i asked you before one of those other questions was how much time you got buddy <laughs> but uh, we'll, we'll try and keep it tight for uh for for the, the purposes of the show i appreciate that. um and i've got three it would be new zealand you know australia uh and the azores oh. which are chain of islands off of uh portugal um and it's just my reason behind that was number one the fisheries i mean if if any, anybody who has YouTube, you know, has probably seen some of the videos of, of some of those fisheries, like the, uh, the cliff fishery in New Zealand. Um, and, um, and just some of the stuff that goes on the Azores, you know, like some of the, the, the tuna fishery and stuff like that in Marlin. It's just, you know, I, I guess it, it's a lot of the stuff I've already been involved in over here, um, on the East coast of the United States, but, add to it the scenery of some of those places and and, yep. and the ruggedness of the terrain and just like you know yeah i can get down with that <laughs> yeah I, I did an episode with uh go fish australia and mm. really really for me it was definitely to learn more about the the area and then they started telling me how they do it um you get teamed up with an aborigine uh, guide captain he takes you all the way like he just takes all the knowledge and just dumps it on you and takes you out fishing but all that put together was just like are you serious we can catch that kind of fish right there off the shore yeah yeah you can catch all this stuff you want to see like they'll send you sending me pictures i was like oh my god i need to go to australia oh it's so <laughs> yeah, it's, it's- amazing 
it's wild, man. Yeah, it's like it's like Panama, you know. Uh, I was fortunate enough to fish there, and um, <laughs> you're catching, you know, yellowfin tuna like somewhere between say twenty and one hundred and seventy-five pounds between two islands. You know, you're 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 looking at the shoreline and you're hooked up to, <laughs> you know, something that up here we'd have to run sixty, seventy miles for. Um, yeah. You know, and and uh. The fish bites company. I, I saw I saw a couple of posts from them. I, I believe they have some people fishing their product. Um, it's either Australia or New Zealand. Yeah, New um, Zealand. They, and, they they've been heavier in New Zealand now. Australia, they're in there, but uh, New Zealand has been doing some great posting of it. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's amazing to see the plethora of fish um, that they're catching. You know, on on those things out there, it's like wow. There's just so much. Yeah, you know, there's so many different species. It's like. I got to get there. Where do you start? You know, just how much, how much time can you spend just trying to, trying to run the list up the number of different fish. It's just, yeah, that's, yeah. that's, uh, I think that'd be my number one would be New Zealand. Yeah. We just need to win the lottery and, and like a continuous, like, you know what? I'm just going to travel to Australia this week and go fish. Uh, that's cool. Well, well, I'll be back. Yeah. Well, one <laughs> of us does, you know, yeah. I, I win, I'll take you, you win. You got to take me. Sold. Uh, it's you on know, the it's, podcast. It's, it is now officially a verbal statement. There we go. It's going to happen. <laughs> that's right. You see, you like how I put you on the, uh, I put you on the spot. I put you on the, on the air, on the record there. <laughs> Dude, I'm loving it. Are you kidding? I would be happy to be like, let's go, let's go do this. We talked about it. We're going to go do this and get after it. <laughs> well, you, you got into a big one here and I know. Uh, I sent you the questions earlier, but like you said, you've had a lifetime of fishing and you are so involved in the industry. Lots of, uh, this one's going to be a tough one. Um, but thankfully it's the last one on this one. And then you get to move into the fun stuff of the knowledge. What has been your very favorite fishing memory? It would be the Ocracoke drum blitz of 2010. Um, you know, and that sounds like, I don't know if your listeners have come across this guy. Uh, he's got a, you know, some YouTube videos and stuff, Bob, the garbage man, but it sounds like it's right out of his playbook. Um, <laughs> Bob is hilarious, yeah. dude. It's so funny. Oh yeah. No, I mean, that, that's, that's what it, you know, that's what, when I say the Ochre cook drum blitz of 2010, it sounds like a line that he'd come up with, you know, yep. for, for, for whatever. But, uh, no, it was, uh, so I'd been fishing that area for, for quite some time, but had never really had the opportunity to get it dialed into the big fish um the big drum off the beach and that was the first year that we really just waylaid him it was just you know it was it was a first few days the trip it was just blanks you know it was everybody was getting a little little uh you know down in the dumps you know yeah. not really catching and um that night it just turned on i mean we were we were doing stupid stuff we were throwing 14 inch live bluefish on a hook <laughs> and 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 cob mullet you know the size of your forearm and these things are just getting smoked by 50 pound drum you know that are running in your you know if, if you'd walked out in there you, they'd be running in your legs you know we're fishing like four foot of water between the breaks between the uh between the bars and um it, it was just it was just absolute mayhem and um but the way it started was i caught the first fish at everybody on the point um and we're just sitting there soaking bait, and I was on the inlet side, so I'm past past the break down in the hole, and uh, eight dot circle hook, big chunk of cob mullet, and I see something going on, but I'm just like, ah, it's just you know, bait bait snatchers, bait stealers picking at it. 
well, little did I know that I had a 15-inch, um, what do you guys call them, things? A sea mullet? No, a, a whiting. So I had a, a southern king on there, Okay. what we call them. Uh, 15 inches, decent fish, you know, yeah. it's over a pound. That's a, that's a um, taco, man. Yeah, yeah, right? But, uh, you know, I, I didn't even know it was there after a while. I just figured it gone, but, you know, just so much current and everything. And um, that probably, that fish was probably on there for about 15 minutes um, without me knowing. And all of a sudden, my rod doubles over hard, starts screaming. And um, eventually, I fight the fish, get it up, you know, get it out of the current, get it on the flat and able to get it over, over the uh, edge. And, um, you know, I had a very long leader at that point. And um, that fish, that, that, that small, that uh, whiting had worked its way up the line. So it got to my leader knot. Right. And I'm like, huh? You know, it's nighttime and I see this fish and it's just like, all right. So I slide it past the knot, but I got something bigger on past that so we get it slid down the line and all of a sudden it drops down and then i see that big tail and i'm able to fight it the rest of the way and get that uh it was 48 and it comes back to the memories man i'll never forget it was 48 inches by 27 inch girth um nice solid big drum uh it was a red put her on the beach oh yeah yeah red drum. Oh. Yeah, when I talk about drum, we're talking about red drum, okay. um, unless I say you know black drum. Right, right. Gotcha. Uh, just because you know that's 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 my uh, that's my that's my thing. That's my passion. Is the yeah. red drum, you know. So, but uh, we get her up on the beach and snap a couple pictures, take a couple measurements, and send her on her way. And then it was just it was insanity after that. And they worked their way into the point, you know, like I was saying about three four foot of water. Um, I fell asleep. You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. You know, otherwise I'll get called out for it. You know, I'll put it out there uh, to the general public. Yeah, I fell asleep. I I had done what I came there to do. I caught my fish. <laughs> Everything was good. I fell asleep on the beach, and these guys are just smoking big drum all around me. <sighs> so finally, finally, they're stepping over me. It doesn't matter. I, whatever. You know, who cares at that point? I get, Finally, I, I get back up after a little nap. You know, I'm, I'm well rested. Everything's good. and we're just in it to win it. It's just battle fishing, you know, it's just a handful of guys out there. Uh, I won't get into the story, um, about the guy in the red jacket, but, uh, that's, that's not a little inside thing. You can ask Barry when you see him on the beach, he'll tell you all about it. Yeah, I definitely will. I absolutely will. <laughs> all right. So let's move into the tips, tricks, and knowledge piece of the episode here. Um, and basically, yeah, it's, Pretty this pretty fun to do this because this is the part everybody loves because this is where everybody gets their notepads out and starts going, all right, how do I do this? So let's talk about it. How do you plan your fishing trips? So anymore, I plan them by memory. Um, memory and logs, which go hand in hand. Um, you know, a lot of the fisheries I've found are pretty well dominated by dates. Different, certain times of the year, certain times of the month, um, as long as that, falls in with the trend of uh air temperature water temperature um weather stuff like that so you know i'll i'll go back in in my mind i'll go back look through pictures um obviously nowadays you know so much has to do with social media that you know i post some pictures and i'll look back and see okay when did i post those what were the dates on that i'll go back through my logs my written logs and say okay well i need to be here on this beach with these conditions at this time and it's probably going to happen and that 
tends to be um, <laughs> very successful. You know, that it, it, it's it's uh, every once in a while that falls flat, but for the most part, um, if you keep good logs, uh, it will serve you well in the future seasons. Yo, definitely. I mean, hell, I still keep one, whether even it's my phone. I mean, we've got so many apps nowadays. You can take notes on things. I will happily mark like, all right, I, I was using fish bites, uh, my favorite electric chicken crab, and I was at this location, oh, yeah. and it was this rod, and it was this reel, and you know, different things. So next time I go back and go, okay, what was the weather conditions? Oh, hey, the moon was coming up. Oh, hey, the moon's coming up. I bet it's going to pick up. Yeah, anything to do with logbooks for memory for historical is huge, huge advantage. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Well, moving in from that, if you after you've uh, planned your trip, how do you select your spot? Honestly, a lot of it has to do with the question you just asked me. Um, mm-hmm. you know, going back to my logs, but also, um, structure. As long as there's structure in that area, <clears throat> uh, structure is huge. Um, you know, and, and bait, you know, what are they, is there sand fleas in that area? You know, is there spearing, is there spot, whatever, bluefish, um, what's there? How does that correlate to the structure? Um, and then how do I select the spot? Sometimes it's seasonal, you know, it depends on the time of year. Um, it goes hand in hand with water temp and wind direction. Uh, you know, because we're covering, um, the entire Delmarva Peninsula and North Carolina, you've got beaches that face different directions. So wind direction can be huge. Like on the Delaware beaches, if you have a southerly or a westerly, uh, which is our prevailing winds in the summertime, you might as well pack it up and go home. The westerly, due to the fact that it creates a dirt line in the surf zone. So if you can't hit, you know, you'll hear a lot of guys talk about the fish are at your feet, the fish are at your feet. Well, eh, sometimes, but on the Delaware beaches, for the most part, no. Um, Especially in the summertime when you have that westerly wind, you've got the dirt line. If you can't hit, if you can't cast as far as the dirt line, chances are you're not going to catch very well. Um, So that's where wind direction comes into play. Also, the southerly wind on on the Delaware and Maryland beaches, um, it tends to cool the water down. It, it, in the afternoon, those prevailing winds, the solar winds come up out of the south, and you might as well just go home because I've only had one or two days out of the thousands that it just, you know, that that were good with a with an afternoon south wind. But then you look at somewhere like uh, Hatteras or Ocracoke or something like that down in Carolina, and the way those beaches face, uh, your primary um, wind that's going to be the most productive is going to be like a southwest you know so um some variation of that uh so that's that plays a big part in how i select the spot all that stuff is really good knowledge man i mean we play a lot with the different wind games here and you know if we're getting a nice southwest uh the southwest wind here has a weird way of pushing pomp and a red drum especially a little bit closer you know it's just enough of a shove to be like come on in you know you want to get that uh those sand fleas right there off that little ledge come on buddy come on into the first bar but yeah, yeah. picking that sort of thing all those pieces together the structure seasonals all make a huge difference so thank you for highlighting that that's really really good knowledge and before we move into the next question though it's already been 20 minutes i mean the time flies who knows where it's going 
It is your second bait check of the episode. Hopefully you've caught a bunch of fish by now. And if you haven't, well, the good thing is we're actually going to be talking about that here in a couple questions about what you should be doing. But I would be saying, you know, change, uh, change your rigs, change your gear, change your bait. You might want to change locations. That's just me. This bait check is being brought to you by The Sinker Guy. Head on over to thesinkerguy.com and look at everything that Chip's got going on in The Sinker Guy garage. Need sinkers? Hey, it's in his name. He's got plenty of Sputniks, lots of different sizes, all available. If you have a special order request, shoot him an email. He might be able to accommodate. The Bruno rig? Yeah, we don't talk about Bruno. That's his good double drop with a cool little float and bead and hook. Definitely a good setup. The mortician rig, he's got the snoods and all the stuff for it. Maybe you need some terminal tackle? He's got it all there. Go on over to thesinkerguy.com, get your order in today. So now that we've talked about spots, let's talk about gear. And when I sent you the email with the questions, I uh, accidentally sent you a different part. Uh, there were supposed to be three sub-questions. That would have been easier. But you've already answered one of them, and it had to do with that. And that was going to be, where do you like to cast your line? You mentioned the dirt line. And I was like, okay, so the bar there, I got that. But is there any well, other things that you look at there when you're playing? It's not necessarily the bar. It's just oh, where... Okay. So when you when you have westerly wind, right, our beaches face um, they're they're north south facing, right. So right. when you've got a westerly wind, it's pushing that sand off the beach, so it it starts the dirt up. So it doesn't necessarily stop at the bar. We don't have a lot of bars in Delaware. Right. Um, we have mostly shore break. You'll have very subtle bars. So that's when reading beach comes into play. You've really got to take your time. Um, my wife will get mad. My daughter will start hollering at me daddy come on when are we gonna fish because <laughs> i'll stop on the beach and watch it you know for a good 10 minutes to see how each set is is starting to break over that because it's very subtle so sometimes it doesn't present itself for a while um but uh yeah that dirt line could be well beyond the bar and if you don't have your gear dialed in and your casting abilities dialed in which is a big part of making yourself a better fisherman um you know learning all these things and learning how to do them all better then if you can't hit, you know, when I say hit, if you can't hit that line a lot of times, um, that's the difference between zero and hero. Um, but, uh, yeah. Does the dirt Throw line back go... at me. Well, What's that? Well, you nailed it. I mean, you pretty much nailed some stuff there, right there with where you cast. I mean, you talk about all the spots you go to, you're looking for all those, and reading the beach is ridiculously important and i'm glad that you brought that up because we really talk about that and that's one of the biggest ones that i hear from people is well how do you read the beach it's like it all depends depends on what beach you're at and whether you know lots of great things that can go with that where the waves crashing you know you got shorter water or the short or the shallow area so you know hey okay there's a rise there lots of fun things that go with that so where you talked about casting you pretty much nailed it as far as i could tell with all the spots that you just mentioned you know the structure and you've been watching the beach so real big there Let's talk about the next piece because I I really feel like you answered unless you think I unless you think you got more. No man, let's uh, let's go on to the next one. <laughs> all right. Hey, by, by all means, I I just get to push record, so <laughs> keep me in my box and just tell me what's good and what's not. Well, um, you let me keep talking, I'll do it. So <laughs> you got keep you got to rein me in, brother. <laughs> I you so understand. Told fishing, it's, it's 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 game over. <laughs> well, let's talk about rigs. Um, and the rig game is such an interesting discussion because you've got high lows, Carolinas, different things, lures, all this stuff. So when you're going out to the beach to do surf fishing, what kind of rigs do you like to throw? What kind of rigs as far as configuration or? Yeah. I mean, is there a type of rig you like more than others? Uh, is there a certain setup that you, that's your primary go-to? Like for me, my normal go-to is either a double drop or a single drop. It just depends. And then sometimes I like to play with Carolina. 
it really all depends on where I'm at and what I'm fishing for. So, okay. Uh, if I'm fishing now, I guess the best way to describe it is if I'm fishing for larger fish, I'm going to be throwing, say, more of a Carolina style rig or a fish finder rig. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we talked about distance. Um, even North Carolina, uh, you know, distance is key. A lot of times, I mean, I've had days where I could hit and my buddy couldn't. Um, so I could get right behind the bar and my buddy could get right in front of the bar and I'm catching fish every cast and he's not catching a damn thing. So, um, and that comes down to a lot of different things, but your rig plays a part in that. Um, you know, a lot of it comes down to wind resistance. Uh, so, so length of leader, the way you say things up, but I would say for smaller fish, for pan fish, so for uh, whiting, roundhead, um, kingfish, all the same thing, depending on where you're at, that would be a top and bottom rig. Um, you change the colors of your floats uh, dependent on time of day, you know, uh, basically ambient light. Um, so if it's dark day, you go with dark colors, light day, you go with lighter colors. Uh, and then for larger fish, say red drum, black drum, rockfish, stuff like that, you're going with more of a um, Carolina-style rig, you know, fish finder rig with a very short leader so it doesn't windmill. Um, so you can get that distance if you need to. Because contrary to the belief of a lot of people, it doesn't matter if the weight sits half an inch from the hook. If those fish are hungry and they find that piece of bait, they're going to eat it. The weight doesn't mean anything to them uh you know and, th- and that that gives you the advantage of uh distance you know ha- having if that bait starts the helicopter basically between the bait and the weight that's going to kill your distance um so <laughs> you know running off into the whole you know sorry if i'm rambling but no this is awesome because this is this is the conversation piece that i think well, this is the piece that I see a lot of people on social media start doing their, well, it needs to be two feet from the sinker, or it's got to be this seven-odd hook. It's like, oh boy, this conversation's going to turn dark. So no, go with it, man. This is this is the good stuff. Yeah, no, so, and social media is terrible for that. You know, you get a lot of yes. people that they, they talk and they talk, but they don't know what they're talking about, you know, and I stick with what works. So those are my two primary rigs is the top and bottom um, with floats and colors that are dedicated to or, or uh, tailored to the, the conditions, especially light conditions. Um, and sometimes you don't even want to have floats on them, um, especially if you're trying to hit. If you're trying to, if you're trying to get that distance, obviously those floats create drag in the wind, right? So uh, there's a guy, uh, Joe Moore, right? One more cast out of North Carolina. Kind of a um, legend, yeah. <laughs> he, dude, he he produces some quality stuff, and um, you know he's a distributor of uh, Akios. Akios, yep. I still don't know how to say it. Um, great, great tackle. Uh, I can actually, you know, I, I don't normally say that the rod is more the Indian than the arrow, right? So I won't always attribute it to the rod um, that allows you to get the distance. But I'll tell you what, I own an Accios that I bought off of him six or seven years ago. And that thing <clears throat> I can absolutely say has, has, has put me in the money 
uh, a handful of times um, and, and allowed me to be a lot more productive just in fishing outside of tournaments. Um, the thing rocks, but uh, he, he creates a rig called, called the, uh, the long ranger, I believe, you know, it's, it's no floats. Um, it's all about distance. Um, there's times where we're something like that. You just got to leave the floats at home and, and, and just make it happen. Just be able to hit as, as far as you can to get, get to those fish where they're feeding. You know, it's all about where the magic is happening. So if that bar is far and everything's getting busted up, you know, in, in, in the outside trough, you, you've got to be able to get there. Um, so I guess to get back, I'll rein it in <laughs> to where we were talking about rigs. <laughs> Those are my two different styles that I primarily use, um, with the exception of leaving the floats out of it when you've really, really got to get that distance. And that's when fresh bait matters and, and, and low profile. Well, let's move into that because you, you mentioned bait. So let's talk about bait on that because that's, uh, this one is definitely going to be you know, obviously fish dependent on what you're going after, but what, what's your, what's your normal bait setup? My normal bait setup is obviously it's fishery dependent. So, yep. you know, we're looking at sand fleas, um, mole crabs, uh, they go by many different names, but they are the cheese curl of the sea. Everybody eats them, whether you're talking surf, inshore, Wreckfish doesn't matter. Everything eats them, especially in my area. That that is that is probably one of my primary go-tos outside of the surf zone, and maybe twenty-five percent of when I'm surf fishing, depending on what I'm fishing for. Black drum, love them. The whiting, roundheads, sea mullet, you know, uh, kingfish, as you want to call or as I want to call them. Um, they like them. They eat plenty of them. But you're going to be more successful with, say, uh, a very fresh strip cut mullet or a spot cut in small strips, bluefish, doesn't matter. You know, fresh cut fish, especially something that's in the surf zone at that particular time. You got to match the hatch. So whatever they're eating or whatever's there, you know, and that goes back to drum fishing as well. I've had nights where, you know, it's, it's thick with drum. But they... A lot of people think, oh, yeah, they'll, they'll eat whatever. But there's nights where, you know, I've got drum out there. I know they're there. And I'm not catching anything on bluefish if I switch over to a chunk of mullet and all of a sudden it's game on. Yeah. You, you, you've got to be prepared for everything. Um, but but I, I would say my go-to would be um, would be cutfish. Uh, what else is there? There's, um, oh, fish bites. Oh, that's what I use to get the party started. If I, if I'm going out there with no bait, I'm using fish bites before I, you know, so I can catch my first, um, my first live fish to cut up as long as it's legal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then sand fleas. That's, and that's pretty much it. That's pretty much what I stick to. Can stick to what works. Can I please steal that from you? The, the cheese curl of the sea. Oh my God. That was probably one of the greatest things I've ever heard for slogans. That was so good. <laughs> Have at it, brother. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> oh, man. So you do a lot of moving around and you know, with all that area, you've got a lot of places you can go. And obviously you do fish numerous ones. And there's a lot of places you're going to want to go in the world to go fish. So let's ask about that one. What do you do when you go fishing in a brand new place? Well, I'll do my best to research things ahead of time. And 
I, I, I try to steer away from social media because, you know, you get a lot of people that like to talk and don't know, you know, anything. And, yep. and I don't, I'm not the kind of guy that wants to, um, I want to figure it out for myself. So I won't just ask, Hey, where are the fishy, you know, where are the fish biting? What's, what's going on? But I'll kind of peruse local sites and pick up on trends as far as time of year, temperature, what's there and when. And then I'll, I'll get out there and, you know, I, it, it might, I might waste a day looking for spots. I might waste a day looking for structure, you know, and, and try in different spots. Maybe take a couple casts here, throw a lure, throw a little bit of bait. And what do I see? It's all about picking up on all the little things, all the nuances, all the, um, you know, particular conditions, you know, is, is the wind right for this spot? So, you know, we, we talked about that before wind, wind has a lot to do with things. Uh, so you got to look at a chart, look at a map and, and, and see how does that beach face and how is that wind going to affect that beach? And, and that's, that's kind of how I figure out what I'm going to target because where are those fish coming from? You know, are, are they a surf zone feeder? Are they something that tends to stay offshore, but then they get the right wind, they come in, they get the right conditions, you know, water clarity, which goes hand in hand with wind. And and that's kind of how I figure out what kind of fish I'm going to target because everything's a target, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> everything's a target, <laughs> but <laughs> how do you, uh, how do you figure that out? You know? And, and, and that's, that's why I throw all of those things in there. You know, after, after years of doing this, it's just, it just all adds up. Every little piece to the puzzle adds up to biggest part of the <laughs> biggest part of it, which is catching so. the happy, the happy part. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Get that completely. Well, we talked about, and I always mentioned in my bay checks, Oh, Hey, you haven't caught a fish yet. We, we got to do something. So let's ask about that. How do you adjust your tactics for fishing when the bite isn't on fire? Uh, man, it feels like Groundhog's Day because I'm going back to the same thing every time. But you but, know what's uh... really cool about that? You, you see, you say that, but here's the thing that, and I, I hope that the listeners get this because I, I truly feel this. And by all means, you've got a lot more experience than me and you can put me in my box. I really feel like in the world that we play in the fishing game, you can go just about anywhere if you have the basics down, knowing how to cast, how to kind of read the water a little bit and, and playing that out. But one thing oh, I've, yeah. I've noticed so many people, and I'm guilty of it like hell, is... Uh, I have a tendency to grow roots. I'm in my spot. I'm like, no, I am staying here. I'm going to make the fish come. And I've thankfully broken myself of that habit. But that piece right there, I've always wanted to be able to push that out to people and say that is, you know, if it's different, what or if it's not working, what do you got to do? You know? Well, you can't make them come if they don't want to, you know? Yeah. <laughs> they're they're, they're, they're going to, they're going <laughs> to, yeah, they're going to be there if, if they want to eat, <laughs> they're going to be there, but you know, they're not there for you. They're there for themselves, you know? Uh, yeah. And um, it, it's just, it's, it's one of those things where it, it goes back to some of the other questions you asked me, you know, there's, there's a lot of different things that as you're building your skill and making yourself the best fisherman you can be, through observation, through logs, you've built that bag of tricks. And if none of them are working, you can't be afraid to deviate. You can't be afraid to try new things. Even something that may you may think is stupid or won't work, just try it. You don't necessarily have to commit to it 100%. That might not be the thing you do all day. But if you, if you try something different 
and it works, well, then there you go. You're catching fish, and that's primary objective, correct? So um, <laughs> that's honestly the best advice I can give there. Don't be afraid to switch gears. If, you know, it, as I said before, if you're not learning something new, um, not necessarily every time you go out, but if you're not learning something new relatively consistently, you might as well hang it up because you're wasting your time. Mm -hmm. um, you're not going to be as productive as you can be. You're not going to be the best fisherman you can be. And that's what I strive for. So uh, that that is the best advice I can give to that answer and that is friggin', <laughs> that question that is friggin' outstanding right there so i love it yeah because you really are and even when you say it it's you know we all want the best for everybody we really do like we want you to catch it this is fishing nobody wants to see yeah. somebody go home skunked it's never fun it's like oh wow all right what happened what happened you know let's diagnose it and try to get it back in there and help you out but yeah that part right there man that's it's all about that the community and getting you out there. So thank you for that. And that was awesome. Um, yeah. So you talked a little bit about it earlier. We were talking about seasonal and you know, summer here and dead, dead summer, dead winter suck for us here. It's like, okay, you got to really get into the fine teeth, fine, uh, fine skill set. I guess you got to really have your stuff dialed in right to get it. Um, but when it comes to seasonal there, how do you normally kind of play this one out for fishing? You know, if you know, Hey, look, I know these are the worst times of year, but this is what I do. Oh, all right. So seasonal. <laughs> so <laughs> summertime, same kind of thing. It kind of sucks. It's, it's, you fall into the doldrums, you know, you're catching the, um, whiting roundhead, sea mullet, kingfish, the same thing, <laughs> depending on what part of the coast you're on. <laughs> Um, you know, that, that's our, that's our primary forage, if, if you want to call it that, um, you know, and then we've got spot. And then as the summer gets on, the water gets warmer, those fish push north. We got some pompano here and there, mostly small, sometimes big. Um, if we're lucky and we get a lot of easterly with clean water, um, and warm water, we've got Spanish, right. And then come September, the warmest water and those fish start pushing out of the back. We've got some flounder, um, you know, and, and, uh, but for the most part, summer can be good. And, you know, if a lot of people from up here are listening to this, they're going to be like, you know, BS summer sucks, but it comes back to 90% of the fish are caught by 10% of the fishermen. Right. Um, and all the things that I mentioned before go come into play as far as being productive that time of year. <laughs> right. So I, I actually have a pretty good summer most of the time where 90% <laughs> of the people don't. And I'm not trying to put a feather in my own cap, but that's just the way it works, you know, right? You put your time in, um, you fish hard, you, you uh, tune things to the conditions and you can be successful. So that's pretty much what's available. Um, it's summertime, um, but fall uh, well, and winter, winter is, is going with the, uh, with the summer. Winter's pretty terrible most of the time. Um, we've got a, a big westerly cut, right? Delaware and, um, you know, from, from, from Cape May, New Jersey, and the Delaware coast, it cuts into the west. So those fish, say the rockfish, the bluefish, they follow that straight line because um, that's the closest point from, or that's the 
that's the fastest way from point A to point B, right? <laughs> so they shoot off a central or central Jersey, which really I shouldn't even say it because it's not a thing. You got North Jersey, South Jersey. Yeah, they don't the like they don't noble. like it when you, you you say something else about Central. They, they it's either North or South <laughs> yeah. there. They're yeah, whoa. the people <laughs> the people that know will know. But let's just call it the middle <laughs> of the state, New Jersey. You got that straight line that comes down to say Maryland, Virginia, uh, Assateague, both sides of it. And um, those rockfish, the striped bass and the blue, you know, rockfish are striped bass, rockfish. Right. They'll follow that line down. Uh, so we get left out for the most part. Um, so, yeah, wintertime pretty much sucks for us as well, um, more so than the summer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, it is what it is. Spring and fall are the best times. Um, less people, you know. Uh, Hey, we, we love you guys. Plenty. We do. We love you all, but we're not sad when we got on empty beaches. Yeah, exactly. And that's where we're at too. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, spring, so spring, we're looking, say April, we're looking at black drum. We're looking at rockfish. And then the end, very end of April into May, we start getting some good bluefish uh, and, the, and the bigger rockfish bite turns on. Um, and then fall time, you've got everything because the water's so warm. You've right. got everybody, every player in the game. Um, and, I mean, that's that's the best thing I can tell you about the seasons. <laughs> no, it's perfect, dude. You nailed it all. Because, like you said, you know, seasonal's going to mess with it. It's going to mess with the water temperature. It's going to mess with wind. It's Everything comes into play, and we all know our great times. So you nailed it, and you crushed it, and thank you for that. That's what I was looking for. And it's perfect, actually, that you did that because we're moving into the closing questions, man. You're almost out of here. And before we do that, we got to do that last bait check because but it's been another 20 minutes. You, you got to have fish by now. I know it. I believe it. I feel it in my heart. This is your third and final bait check of the episode. I know you've got a limit. I know you do. I, I know it. It's in there. You got it. And if not, hey, use all those skills and go find them fish. Change it up. Don't be scared to. Don't be worried about it. Have at it. This bay check is being brought to you by Ninja Tackle. Go over to ninjatackleva.com and take a look at, oh, I don't know, something about the seven-foot travel rod. Yeah, it's brand new. Four pieces, two different tips, lots of fun. I use it. I've caught some great fish here. I've caught that, uh, what was that, the false albacore, also known as a bobo. Caught that on there, threw on a one ounce, loved it, smashed it, destroyed it. Got rods all the way up to 12 feet in between that one. You can get on there. The bummy stick, seen a lot of good things about that. That's really there and you can get it there. The rigs, he's got them. Reels, Akios, he's got them in there as well. Lots of fun stuff. You need bait? Hey, he's got it. Plenty of bait. He's actually one of the only people that's got Fish Bites Blue Crab right now. Shh, don't tell Lots of good stuff. So we'll go on over to ninjatackleva.com. Get your order in. Peruse the website because there's something there I guarantee you're going to want. So now that we moved into the closing area, this is the easy part. <laughs> the rest of it was well, the hard I'm, I'm part. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to stop you right oh, there. Oh, I'm getting I've bread. Gotta, <laughs> I got to say, you know, with, you mentioned those fish bites, blue crab. Um, I got I to gotta put Brett fish bites burford on the uh on the spot here and say we need to get some of those up here up in up in the uh the northeast because <laughs> i gotta you know i got tog season coming up i gotta give them a shot those and the, and the uh the, the purple clams so 
<laughs> oh yeah. And and the ninja tackle, you know, I, I've heard some good things about them. Um, and I'm actually looking forward to fishing a couple of their rods. Uh, hopefully sometime soon. Yeah, I've heard some very good things about them. But, very cool. Um, I don't want to slow you down. So what's the next question? Oh, you're about? not slowing me down at all. Are you kidding me? I can have a conversation on all that. And you know, matter of fact, we can actually pause for a second to talk about before we hit the closing questions. The the fish bites blue crab. I thought it was brilliant. It was such a good yeah. move. I mean, every I still think everything eats shrimp and crabbies. Almost everything we want to fish for is going to eat a shrimp or a crab. And that stuff oh, just yeah. lays that scent out like, come get it. Ringing that dinner bell. Well, that, I mean, you know, that's primary forage for a lot of yeah. our target species. So, I mean, why not? It fills a gap. You know, those fish want to eat it. Why not give it to them? Yep. Yeah, come eat it. Just yeah, don't worry. I might let you go if you're under size or oversize. But if you're in between, <laughs> you're you're coming home. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'll come. I'll come take you home and give you a nice hot bath in hot oh. oil. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh, I'm already ready for fish dinner. All right, so let's get you into the last ones here. What knowledge would you give to a brand new angler? Well, things have changed a good bit right in the last couple of decades. Um, and I see a lot of people making this mistake, you know, and my initial answer would be get off the internet, go put your time in. The internet is a very useful tool, but you've got to navigate it correctly. Right? So I see a lot of guys get on forums, get on pages, um, and they want everything handed to them. Yeah. You can't be that way. You've, you've got to ask the right questions. If you're expecting someone to just give you an answer as far as go here and catch fish here and do this, you don't have the right mindset. You're, you're only, you're, you're going to, you're going to just stymie yourself. You know, you can use those tools to your advantage to figure out trends and ask people that are willing to give you the information to, to build and make yourself better. But, you know, don't, don't expect anybody to give you, uh, you know, top secret information. You know, where's, <laughs> where, where, where's the speckled trout bite today? You know, why, uh, where do I go to catch them? What are you guys using? You know, people aren't going to just, you know, well, not the all guys people. that are, yeah, not all people are going to give you that. So take it with a grain of salt, but introduce yourself. Say, hey, listen, I'm looking to learn. And a lot of times the guys that are successful will take you under their wing and say, hey, come on, why don't you come out fishing? And that's the best thing you can do is get out on the water. Use that as a network to meet people and then go out and do it and put your time in. You're not going to, if you're expecting to catch fish right away as a new angler and be 100% successful all the time, you're doing it wrong. It's all about putting your time in, understanding how all of these different moving parts work together to make yourself productive. Meet people, network, and then you won't have to rely on anybody. You'll be able to go out, put the pieces of the puzzle together, and do it yourself. And really, you should, any new angler should take pride in that. When you put it all together, and then you catch your first red drum. That should be the defining moment of what you're trying to accomplish. 
if you just want to go out and take the easy way out and catch a fish right off the bat, take it home for dinner, go away. <laughs> you know, it just, it, you don't contribute anything to the fishery. Take your time, learn. That's the best thing I can say. Pay attention to what the local Sharpies are doing. And Sharpies is more of a northerly term, a Yankee term, if yes, you will. <laughs> but the guys that know what they're doing, you know, watch what they're doing. Don't don't bother them. Just, you know, you see guys in a rotation catching fish. Just stop. Sit back. Watch. Pay attention. You might learn something. And another big part of it is shop local. All right. Walmart's not going to be there when you need to know <laughs> what's going on on your local beach, right? Right. They're going to, you're going to show up in the fishing aisle and buy something and show up at the cash register and that's it, right? But if you shop local, you're going to show up to a bait shop. You're going to show up and talk to a guy that was probably on the beach that morning catching fish. And if you use your manners, <laughs> And talk to them like a human being, you're probably going to learn a lot and you listen. So, what I tell my deckhands, right, is you have two ears and one mouth. Use them proportionately. So, you should probably listen more than you talk, right? Especially if you're new to the game. Local knowledge trumps everything. You can gather so much information by spending time in the bait shop or on the beach talking to people that you've identified as successful fishermen and it's worth its weight in gold. And honestly, that's the best answer I can give to that question. <laughs> Dude, are you kidding? It's like a friggin' all-star answer. Cause in reality, that's one of the greatest parts of the local area is there's, I'd say more than 50%. I'd give it 75, maybe 80 that will happily talk to you. You know, if you just come up and have a conversation and, and again, you said it the best manners, be polite. Don't be a dick. But, you know, no. go up and have that conversation. You're going to get so much like, hey, man. I'm, and the one thing I will tell you is never be afraid to say, hey, I'm new to this and I am learning. That is a great opening of like, hey, I'd really like to talk to you about this. And if they can, they will. And if they can't and they're a dick, uh, you'll know in about 10 seconds and you probably won't want to have that conversation anyway. But the local. Well, you'll, find a, you're, you'll find somebody better to talk to. Or you'll find a better shop that, that fits your needs better. But yeah. um you know, let, let, let's face it, the big box stores and the internet stores, yeah, you might save a dollar, but at the end of the day, is it worth it? Yeah. Can you go to them and ask them those questions? No, you can't. Um, so if you decide it's worth spending a little bit more, and not necessarily, but it may be the case, um, to keep those guys in business and be able to ask those questions down the line, yeah. Yeah, it's absolutely worth it. Shop local. Perfect. Yeah. Well, and you already nailed the other question, so that that one's taken care of. So we'll we'll ask the second to last question then. What do you think a reason has been for such a surge to surf fishing? You know, COVID. Honestly, you know, we we had what was going on there a couple of years ago, and uh, people had more money and more time. You know, it it, it was it was. You know, there's a lot of negative involved with it, but at the same time, there's a lot of positive. Uh, it was a good pause. You know, the world is spinning a whole lot faster than it used to, right? But everything kind of slowed down. People had more money, more time, 
and I think a lot of folks needed to get away from, you know, the internet and, and social media and TV and need to just get outdoors and get away from everything. You know, there's a whole lot of inside stuck inside for a while. It just, people just said, Hey, I'm going to go out and enjoy what we should have been enjoying for <laughs> forever <laughs> was <laughs> nature outside. Let's go do it. Let's learn something new. I, I really think that was the major catalyst for the most re- recent surge in people um, joining the surf fishing and fishing community in general. So nice. And like Forrest Gump, that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> I am beyond thankful that you don't, you didn't want to go down the, that part of the path. Thank you so much. I, I ain't jumping down that, that rabbit hole, brother. Bro, I, I know will, better. I will walk away so fast on those. Like, no, I think I see. Yeah, there's something over there I got to go do. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, I appreciate everybody. No matter what <laughs> no matter what, what way you think about things, yeah. it's all good, brother. Keep, keep the lines wet. That's the goal. Keep the line mm-hmm. wet and all will be well in the world. All right, we're man. all here to go fishing. That's it. Yes, sir. All right, let's get your last question out of this, uh, out of here, and get you back into your world with your family time. So, well, here it is. What's next for you? Well, eventually, when I'm able to cut loose from my um, current obligations, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I got a lot of things going on, a lot of irons in the fire. But, um, you know, I plan to char- uh, begin my own charter and commercial charter slash commercial fishing business, right? So um, I don't discriminate. I encompass all aspects of the um, fisheries and maritime industry. So a a big part of that, um, besides the businesses that I've already started or will be starting here soon, um, include charter fishing and commercial fishing. And, you know... we're talking money there, right? That's, that's, yeah. that's, that's making money. But a big part of what I like to do and what's next for me, because it's not necessarily next for me, but I plan to continue doing is passing my knowledge and skill set to the next generation, right? I've got a, a daughter, she's three and a half and she's a maniac, but <laughs> you know, she, when I come home, you know, she's talking about, daddy catching lobsters daddy fishing daddy you know hey can we go to the beach hey can i drive your truck because well yeah i let her drive the truck you know nobody around she's just sitting on my lap steering the wheel but that's what it's all about i mean we've all been there done that right right but when we've got next generation sitting in front of us we want to perpetuate that that's a big part of it is you know i yeah, cool. I've caught a big fish. I've caught that fish. I've caught this fish, whatever. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, if I can get the next generation interested, get them outside, get them on the beach and keep this way of life going, I've done my job. I mean, that's what it's all about. As things progress, you know, there's such a push to, I don't know. It, it's, it's an internet world, man. It's, it's, video games internet we need to detach ourselves from that and get back to where we were before and um and if i can you know be an integral part of that and get these kids back to 
the way things used to be um and and not even necessarily the way things used to be because things progress and i'm not afraid of the future but you know the future of fishing that's what they are that's what i'm all about so i guess the the best way i can end this is say take a kid fishing teach them something because they're going to be you in 20 years yeah <laughs> and it's weird for our kids if you think about it too man my daughter's 12 and I love her, but she is also a fishing nut. Anytime, you know, lately I've been having a hard time getting her away from some of the things, but it is what it is. Of course, I've got a preteen, so now I'm dealing with a bunch of fun stuff. But yeah. I get her on the beach. <laughs> oh, man. She's like, all right, where am I casting? We'll throw it where you want to. We'll adjust. We'll make this. All right, I got this. I got that. I got this. I got that. Just absolutely bonkers. So getting yeah. that piece right there, like you said, the next generation, hey, you know how to fish. If the zombie apocalypse happens, I know you can grab one of the rods and go to the beach and go get dinner. We will survive. Yeah. So I, I love that you said that. <laughs> it's all about, man. Yeah, man. Well, Dan, thanks so much, man. This has been an awesome episode. Thank you for all the knowledge that you've shared and, and letting us get a glimpse into your life of how you do things. And yeah, just keep doing all the cool things you are, man. I really hope that, I mean, I know I will. I will eventually find a way to get up there. And I know our friend will tell me, you will get in the truck and you will come up north with me. Um, so it, that works out too. <laughs> But I look forward to meeting you, fishing with you, and uh, just all around, thank you, seriously, for coming on today. Yeah, no, I appreciate it, and thank you. I had an absolute blast talking to you, and I hope, uh, really, honestly, at the end of the day, I hope somebody somewhere learned something yep. <laughs> inside of my rambling. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you did. I mean, if anything, I know I learned some stuff, but yeah, I mean, that's the whole premise of this podcast is we, there's another way to get this out except, you know, without it being a 20 second scroll thing with your thumb. Uh, we have another way to get out the knowledge to help somebody get out there and catch a fish and catch their first one. So hopefully somebody up there is going to catch one based on what you said. And I think they will. Oh, oh man. Going to be good. Right on. Well, I hope they do. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. Well, we will talk soon, Dan. Take care. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that has been the entire episode. I hope that you did. I mean, there's no way you didn't learn something on this because there was so much cool stuff. Like I said, Dan's up in the northern area. He's up in the Delmarva area, Del uh, Delaware, Maryland, Virginia. Lots of good pieces. We also talked about North Carolina as well. Talked a lot about the different pieces of the fishery there. And I know that some of this is um, going to get there. So if you're ever going to travel up to those zones to do some fishing, lots of great fish. Uh, center part of the country. Think of that as that cool little dividing line where fish go north or they go south. We got some really cool mixing there. Uh, if you did learn something or if this helped you out, don't forget to share it out to somebody. Help them get better at this. This is all, it's all we can do is help each other get better at fishing. You've been listening to Finding Demo Surf Fishing. Thanks for being here. I am out of here. <laughs>